0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: The following is a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network. It's the show that goes around the horn with your Minnesota Twins, with insight from the decision makers in the dugout and in the front office. It's Inside Twins. Inside Twins is sponsored by Killabrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. Hey, it's Chris Atterberry. The show is Inside Twins, and boy, I tell you what, it's like we're uh, putting out fires left and right here at our network headquarters, but we are off and running. With our Sunday program, Inside Twins is brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. We do this show a lot of different ways. We hear from a lot of different voices. Sometimes they're in the building. Sometimes we have to figure out technologically how to bring them into the building. And we're very excited to welcome Twins Director of Player Development, Drew McPhail, into the conversation today. And Drew, it has been a minute since we've had a chance to talk. I know you've been a busy man, but welcome and and thanks for joining us today.
0: Yeah, thank you, Chris. Pleasure to be here. And uh, seriously, a long time, no talk. Happy to be on the show.
1: Now, I I guess technically you are director of player development. Uh, In in the old days, we would call you a farm director Mm -hmm. Uh, and and just kind of tell people exactly what your duties are.
0: Yeah, uh, I help oversee our minor league system, um, which to me basically means overseeing the, the individual development of all of our minor league baseball players trying to help them optimize their talent as best as we possibly can and partner with them along that journey to hopefully them achieving their dreams of reaching the major leagues and helping us win a World Series one day. So that's sort of first and foremost prerogative number one. And then I think the second piece of that is sort of also helping oversee our staff and trying to bring in the best possible coaching staff members to the Minnesota Twins.
1: Yeah, give all those players the tools they need and the people they need to uh, optimize, as you said, what they can do as baseball players. Let's jump in right from that point, Drew. Uh, kind of a halfway point for the big league clubs, and I know just recently a short break for some of your minor league clubs. Who are some of the first half standouts? You let's start with position players. We know a lot of the big names, right? Everybody follows what Brooks Lee does on a daily basis. Everybody knows Emmanuel Rodriguez is an enormously talented young man, and with St. Paul being right in the backyard, I think people are pretty familiar you know, with the Matt Wallners of the world, the guys who've had a taste up here in the major leagues, but who are some of the other guys who have played their way to the front of your mind and should be guys that fans are thinking about?
0: Yeah, I think a, a few come to mind for me, Chris, uh, first and foremost, Clay Rosario, um, who was one of our high school uh, fourth round draft picks from Hawaii in 2020. Um, he is someone that I think is like embodied Incredible progression sort of year in, year out. Uh, Clay, he's only 20 years old. He's playing for us in high A in Cedar Rapids. And he's put together an incredible year so far. Every single year he's been in our system. He's decreased his strikeout rate. He's increased his walk rate. He's always had a ton of power. And now he's 20 years old, performing incredibly well in high A. So I think he's on a really good trajectory. Corner outfielder has really improved his defense. He's hit more home runs than he hit all of last year in low A. Um, he's put together 150 WRC plus, so he's one of the leading offensive producers in, in all of IA right now.
1: Yeah, and he's from the fascinating group because that 2020 class was really interesting—a uh, short draft and nowhere for those guys to play once you pick right. them. And it's yeah. been kind of top of mind lately because we just saw. Uh, Bryce Elder and Spencer Strider, the, the two best players out of that draft while we were in Atlanta. You know, we went with Sabato, Solare, two college bats, top two picks. And then it was uh, Marco Raya and and Clay Rosario. You mentioned Rosario, but Raya is another guy who shifting to to pitching wise seems to have found his stride as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Marco is Dominate high A, also really young for the level, 20 years old. We actually just promoted him yesterday to double A, so he's going to be moving up to double A. Yep, he's flying to to Wichita as we speak, actually. Uh, But Marco's just another example of a guy that's, to his credit, worked incredibly hard. This year, a big focus for him has been improving his changeup. He's getting over 40% miss on that pitch in high A. So he's done everything we've asked him to do. Explosive fastball, 96 mile per hour plus. And we felt like you know at this point, halfway through the year, he had sort of proven all he needed to at high A so it was time for a new challenge and we're excited about him getting pushed up uh, pretty aggressively to double A think no,
1: I'm going to stay on that 2020 class with you. I was going to ask you about it later, but you jumped in with Rosario, and I think it, it's worth looking at that. Sabato was a kind of a, a big power bat. He, he mm-hmm. has labored. He's had his issues. He's at AA Wichita. putting up some decent numbers there, but uh, clock ticking a bit for him as an older college player. But the guy that probably doesn't get talked about as much is Solarik, who was a hyper-athletic player out of the University of Tennessee. He's in Wichita as well. What can you tell us about where Alaric is in his development?
0: Yeah, Al's having his best year that he's had with us so far with the Twins in 2023 and double A. You know, just batting right below 300, playing outfield, can play center, corner, can play a little bit of second base. I think, you know, it's been a little bit of an adjustment to pro ball for Al, and he's put together solid seasons his past couple of years in the system, but really awesome to see him kind of finally hit his stride and be the player that I think we all envisioned him to be when we drafted him in 2020. He's He's been one of the best all kinds of producers for for Wichita so far in Double A. So we're excited about the the strides he's taking.
1: Yeah, what kind of player is he? I know at the time everyone said athletic. Uh, he was a high contact guy, and they felt there was a lot more in the bat. What what type of player do you project him to be if in fact he can optimize all his tools?
0: Yeah, first and foremost, he controls the strike zone very well. He has a really good eye at the plate. He won't chase outside of the zone, which is. I think, you know, we all know intuitively is a really good recipe. He always had a solid bat to ball skill um, and he's, he's carried that somewhat throughout the minor leagues. He has just about an average strikeout rate. And then to the point of a little bit more on the tank, really twitchy athletic player showed some power sort of his last um, full season at Tennessee. We felt like there was more power in there. And so far, I think that sort of helped him break out a little bit where he's pairing a good walk rate, a good eye to play with also a little bit more damage. So I think that's sort of the, you know, the profile you can expect from out there.
1: Yeah. Drew McPhail is our guest director of player development for the twins. The show is inside twins and we're talking about some first half standouts Uh, on the pitching side, other guys, aside from Marco, uh, that people maybe should have on their radar.
0: Yeah. The one that uh, a few come to mind, thankfully, it's always a good sign when you can pick up a few people. Um, So I just highlight some people from our recent 2022 draft class that have all really put themselves on the radar. First and foremost, uh, Corey Lewis, who I think is getting talked about quite a bit right now um, since he features a knuckleball, which is pretty rare <laughs> in today's day and age. Then uh, Zebby Matthews. And then the the last person I'd hit on would be C.J. Culpepper. All 2022 drafts started in low A and absolutely dominated and have all been promoted to high A since. C.J. actually made his, his um, first start in high A last night. I guess I'll start with first with C.J., this is a guy that's added legitimately five miles per hour of velo to his fastball from last year in our system to this year. He went through a pretty intensive remote velo training program and then came to our complex in Fort Myers early this year. And he was, you know, sitting 90 miles per hour last year. He's sitting 95 now. He's been up to 97 and he's dominated low hitters. We're, we're really excited about him. He's sort of put himself on the map in a big way. And then I'll just go back to Corey Lewis quickly um who is also dominated low a he's had a few starts in high a he's striking out over 40 percent of hitters in high a and what's really special about him is he has sort of a really impressive north-south mix a really impact fastball depthy curveball but then on top of that he's got a little bit of this chaos agent in an 84 mile per hour knuckleball which hitters have not been able to handle so far in the minor leagues he's getting a ton of whiffs on that he's got sort of a full starters arsenal and then you just throw in a knuckleball there and it's it's been a really difficult challenge for hitters to figure out so far. So we're, we're thrilled with his progress.
1: Yeah, hitters and umpires, I think. Oh, yeah, 100 About that automatic 100%. balls and strike system with a knuckleball coming down the pipe. We're talking to Drew McPhail, director of player development. We've got a whole lot more to chat with him about. We'll take our first break here on Inside Twins. We'll be back and talk about what's going on with some of the infield talent at in Cedar Rapids when we return on your Home for Twins Baseball. Welcome back. The show is Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. How memories are created, legends are made. Drew McPhail is our guest, the director of player development. And we spent the entire break talking about how you mix in a knuckleball with the rest of your starters mix. We could probably do a whole show on that, Drew. Uh, but we've got other topics, and I, I want to start in Cedar Rapids because Cedar Rapids, even from the start of the year, had this great mix of infield talent you've got a high school high draft shortstop noah miller you've got a, a wonderfully gifted shortstop acquired in the pablo lopez deal in jose salas a big time college shortstop in tanner schoble and then this hitting machine out of a small college in ben ross all on the same roster and every day i was looking who's playing where third second short how you're mixing how you're matching what was the mindset behind that was it to see them all side by sides you could compare them so they could make each other better like what what brought all those guys onto the same roster
0: yeah it was it was a tricky dynamic for sure i think that first and foremost the the number one consideration is we felt like every one of those guys was deserving to go to high a and didn't want to keep them back for the sake of just trying to make it you know perfectly fit roster composition wise so that was sort of our first consideration chris i think um you know, we knew it was going to be a really talented group, but we also knew that there were a lot of young guys going to high A and it was going to be an aggressive assignment. But kind of back to my first point, we thought they were all ready for it. So we tried to script out with our manager, Brian Dickelman, what some of that playing time would look like around the horn. And then we also knew that just some guys have to be comfortable playing outside of some positions that they they played in college, um, whether that's first base, outfield. Ben Ross has been playing a little bit of center field, um, moving around the diamond. We just felt like ultimately, like you see the big leagues, guys play all over. There's a lot of value in positional versatility. And we believe all of them can play short, but we also believe there's no downside of them getting, you know, some extra second base reps, some third base reps. Tanner Schobel, for example, who we drafted as a shortstop, played a lot of second base last year. He's found a home at third base, and we think that's his best position right now. So, you know, in the beginning of the year, Chris it was a little uh nerve-wracking that. We felt like Ben Ross, who we believe could play short, might be playing a little bit more first base and center field. Um, but it sort of worked itself out, and we felt like everyone was ready for that assignment. So, you know, I know our, our manager, Brian Dickelman, has been happy. They've been winning a lot of games.
1: Yeah, they won the first half, and Dink does an amazing job down there in Cedar Rapids. Now, I know the college guys, Ross and Schobel, they've been hitting uh, the young guys, Miller, Salas, tons of talent, mm-hmm. playing a high-pressure position up the middle. Bats haven't been there yet. Are they – where you want them to be mentally in terms of staying up and confident and continuing to develop?
0: Yeah, I, I would say for both those guys, feel like they're in a good spot mentally. With Noah, it's it might feel like a huge exaggeration, but really do feel like he has a chance to play, you know, elite level shortstop in the major leagues. He is only getting better year in, year out there. I think Noah knows more than anyone else that like the bad is something that he needs to keep improving at, keep developing. And I think he's taken that challenge and, and tried to attack it every single day. So, you know, it's easy to see the, the offensive stat line pull up. It's harder to see the defensive stat line, but he plays an incredible shortstop and confident that he's going to figure it out with the bat. Again, it's an aggressive assignment as a, a 20-year-old in high A. With Jose, I think there was you know probably a little bit of a pressure to perform right away for a new organization. I think he's settled in nicely. If you look at his last couple months, he's had better performance than that that first April when you go up to Cedar Rapids it's cold and I think there's probably a little bit of extra pressure on yourself so we feel like both those guys um are, are you know confident with where they're at confident in their own abilities and and confident that um later on this summer when as the you know field starts to warm up a little bit that those guys are going to end up putting together a better offensive performance in the second half here
1: yeah a lot of talent in Cedar Rapids again the win loss record shows it and some guys that are are worth keeping an eye on as they progress drew i have an overarching developmental question and it's spawned really by what happened in this last week at the major league level after what happened in atlanta uh, rocco kind of reassessing some things i thought he was magnificent in terms of saying hey we need to get our players more involved in helping each other, in making adjustments, which we weren't doing at the plate. Uh, They can't just take in information one direction because we have so much of it. Sometimes it can paralyze you. They need to be proactive. It needs to be a give and take. As you develop players and your job is to turn them into major league players, how do you go about developing players where you've assessed weaknesses, you know what they need to work on, but also allowing them to develop the ability to self-adjust in Mm -hmm. the minor leagues when so often – if you don't have that ability or as you develop it, it could mean failure. It means, you know, and, and you're trying to advance. So how do you balance that developing players so that when they get to the big leagues, they know how to make those adjustments themselves and have that feel.
0: Yeah, totally. I, I think um, education is a huge piece of everything we do in PD. Um, with this new draft class, the first thing they'll do is they'll come down to our complex and four Myers and we'll spend a ton of time educating the guys on things that we value The analytical information, the resources we have available to them, whether that's in the medical space, whether that's in the advanced, you know, game preparation space of how to um, prepare against a certain pitcher or a hitter, et cetera. All those things are incredibly important. Um, But I think like what's more important than that is not just teaching the guys the numbers or things that we value and being like that, you know, this is cookie cutter now go do it. It's about getting them to understand why we feel like they're important and how to apply them to yourself individually. It's not going to be, you know, one size fits all with this information. I think Byron Buxton put this well in his interview the other day where he said, you know, some guys like all the information some guys want to keep it really simple. I think like PD ultimately is these are practice games. It's for you to figure out the mix that works for you and how to apply it critically to yourself. And that first and foremost takes a level of understanding the information, but then the next step is actually, okay, well then how do I apply it to me? How much do I need? What are the things that I like? And what are the things that I don't need? And we really try to push that with our guys, not make it one size fits all, make it use this information, apply it to yourself and figure out what you need. So when you go up to the big leagues, you're ready and you can make those adjustments yourself. That's very important to me.
1: Yeah, really, really well said. Now, you grew up, obviously, in a baseball family generations back, and and we talk with Kyle Farmer every Friday. He grew up in a baseball family. He has an incredible baseball IQ. There are some people who are great baseball players. Maybe they don't have that baseball IQ necessarily that comes naturally to them. In your years in PD, player development, can you develop baseball intelligence in terms of feel and understanding situations in players?
0: I think you can. Uh, It's a great question, Chris. To me, it kind of goes back to my earlier point of if some guys like to keep it simple, they want to just see ball, hit ball, that's great. I think then it's just about small adjustments of, hey, you know, maybe in this area of the zone, you just showing them like you tend to struggle a little bit here. Like, is there something, what do you feel on, you know, let's say like fastballs up, for example, and what could be a thought that might help you consistently barrel those up a, a little bit more? If we can just get a little bit more contact in that area of the zone or we can lay off that area of the zone, we think it's going to really help you take off offensively. And I think the, then cycling that through the player, having them filter that information whether it's a swing thought of, I really need to get on top of these type of pitches or I really need to push the ceiling of my strike zone down a tick. They can be incredibly simple adjustments, but I think it's just helping the player understand and sort of help guide them to some places that can help improve their game. And then ultimately having them filter it through their own lens of what works for me. So I think like just helping raise their awareness and then helping them make the adjustment themselves. I think that ultimately will help that player's baseball IQ and figure out what are the things that I need to improve on and how do I do it in a way that works for me to me, that's improving your baseball IQ.
1: Great stuff from Drew McPhail. He's the twins director of player development. We're back with our final segment in a moment. Learn
0: more at marines.com.
1: Welcome back to our final segment here on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created, legends are made. We've got, oh, about four minutes or so here with Director of Player Development, Drew McPhail. He brought knuckleballs to the table today. We've talked player development, baseball IQ. Let's buzz through quickly, Drew, uh, the whereabouts of, of a couple of guys uh, in terms of their their process. Austin Martin's a guy acquired from Toronto. Everybody loves his skill set. Seems to really match up uh, with the way the rules are are taking the game, but he's been banged up a lot. I know he's been rehabbing with the Mighty Muscles. What's going on with Austin?
0: Yeah, this is a great time for the question, Chris. We we broke the Ryan news, and then now with Austin, um, he finished his last game on rehab assignment in four Myers, and he is also traveling to St. Paul today as we speak. So he'll be active for for tomorrow in st paul and and we're looking forward to watching him play for the rest of the year in triple a he's certainly earned it
1: and where will he be playing
0: yeah so he's gonna be playing um kind of consistently like he did last year and and every year we've had him so far infield probably mainly second base but some shortstop as well and then we'll see him in the outfield center field left field just so valuable when he can play up the middle both infield and outfield so we'll keep on running that out in, in st paul
1: that guy with a great skill set physically and obviously kind of his swing underwent some, some changes when he came over, he's trying to refine that. It'll be fun to watch him do it in lower town. What about Matt Cantorino? Here's a guy that really made the most of the pandemic was sky's the limit. and he was banged up by arm issues. What's up with Matt? Yep.
0: Yeah, he's going through his rehabilitation process and for Myers, continuing that through the year, just sort of started getting up the mound, some light throwing. Um, so Matt's in, in a good spot and no one is a harder worker goes about their business more professionally than Matt. So confident that, um, you know, he's going to come back hundred percent. if not more from, from that rehab process next year.
1: I know this is a question that d- demands probably half an hour to answer it. And I'm going to give you like a minute, uh, but Simeon Wood Richardson, we've seen him a couple of times, the big smile. He's a wonderful human being. The stuff just hasn't seemed to match up. He's taken some lumps. The, the whip's been a little high. What is he working on, and do you see a light at the end of the tunnel for Simeon?
0: Yeah, I do. So what I'd say on Sim, Chris, is a lot of his stuff from this year to last year looks looks very similar, um, still has a really unique profile that we're excited about. I think the, the number one thing for Sim right now, and I think there's been a bit of an adjustment with ABS strike zone, the automated strike zone in AAA, is he's not nearly as in zone, especially first pitch strikes early and ahead, leverage pitcher counts. He hasn't gotten to those nearly at the clip that he did in years past when he was so successful with us. So that's been something we're attacking with him right now. I'm confident that's going to help make up for, for some of that performance of just strictly, you know, getting in better counts, more strike one, more in zone with all of his pitches. And that's, you know, kind of the good news that we feel like the stuff is in a similar spot Now we just have to get in the zone a little bit more consistently. And he's done that in the past.
1: Yeah, we look forward to seeing uh, that uh, process uh, play out for Simeon Woods Richardson. Again, a wonderful guy. And you love to see him have success. Last one for you. The draft is coming up. Always an an odd time in player development because you welcome in new guys. You have to say goodbye to some old guys. There are not as many places to put players with the lack of that rookie league. What is your role uh, during this uh, upcoming draft process?
0: Yeah, I'm really fortunate uh, to be a very small part of of being involved in doing some uh, write-ups on certain players, which is a really cool experience that I'm appreciative of Sean Johnson, our director of amateur scouting for. Uh, But for the most part, I'm focused on after the draft, like you mentioned, getting those 20 plus new players into the system, welcoming them to the Twins and sort of educating them on what Twins player development is all about, and then helping them get to know them first and foremost, then helping them achieve their dreams of becoming big leaguers so it's the hardest job in baseball amateur scouting I don't pretend like I've been heavily involved throughout the entire year so I'm not going to come in last minute and fire off some hot takes I'm just happy to be a small part of the process and then incredibly excited to work with whoever we end up drafting I, I know um, you know whoever it is there's going to be a really good player available at five so I'm excited it's my favorite uh, time of the the month and the, and the year really
1: Yeah, it's exciting and again hand in hand the guys who go out and find them and we love the scouts who do their work so so diligently throughout the year and then they hand them off to you guys in player development and then eventually we hope to see them right here at Target Field uh, doing their thing as twins Drew it's been fantastic having you on we have to do this much much more often I know you've got a busy stretch up ahead but appreciate you making some time for us today and sharing your insights Uh, it was illuminating as always
0: of course Chris thank you so much man enjoyed it
1: All right, that's Director of Player Development, Drew McPhail, and we are so happy to have him join us here today on Inside Twins, brought to you by Killebrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated, how memories are created and legends are made. Drew is our leadoff hitter today. That's going to do it for Inside Twins, but do stay with us. We've got a pregame lineup card coming up next, and then we're going to send you out to Camden Yards in Baltimore for the Twins trying to complete a three-game sweep of the Baltimore Orioles as the Twins try to move back up above 500 again on the gear. We want to thank Drew McPhail one more time for joining us here on Inside Twins and uh, pregame lineup card next on your home, the Twins baseball. You have been listening to Inside Twins, brought to you by Killabrew Root Beer, locally owned and operated. It's how memories are created and legends are made. This has been a presentation of the Treasure Island Baseball Network.